Hi folks, and welcome to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I explore a different topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. I'm your host, Jess Sertikoff Romola, a fellow dietitian and the owner of Empowering Dietitians, a supervision business devoted to working with dietitians just like you, who are tired of the status quo of our profession and ready to reclaim their confidence, purpose, and passion as dietitians. This week, I'm tackling the issue of political advocacy. How do you know when it's appropriate to use a professional platform to speak out about an issue you feel passionate about? This question came up quite a bit after I chose to speak out publicly through empowering dietitians about abortion rights and access. Dietitians, clients and non-clients alike wanted to know if it hurt my business and how I felt so confident in my decision to speak out. This episode will use that situation as a case study to walk you through the questions you need to consider when making decisions for your own professional life so that you can feel confident advocating for what you believe in too. So today is another episode where you might be going like, Jazz, what are you doing talking about this to dietitians? Why are you talking about abortion? I feel like I I have these disclaimers quite a bit um, where some of the topics that I talk about may seem at first to be out of left field. And that's exactly what this entire episode is about. I uh, recently, when the Alito draft was leaked and it became apparent that the overturning of Roe v. Wade is not only possible, but that it's fairly likely, I spoke out publicly through empowering dietitians. And the response that I got was overwhelmingly that dietitians felt that it was brave of me to essentially put my business on the line in order to stand up for what I believe in. And a lot of dietitians wanted to know if the posts that I made, the the comments that I made in my stories negatively impacted my account or my business. So that was the first piece that made me realize that this is a conversation, not necessarily the abortion access conversation, but the, what do I talk about publicly on my professional platforms or, or what do I speak out on in my professional life? That conversation was one that a lot of dietitians weren't feeling very comfortable or confident with. And then on the back of that, I had another uh, one of my clients who posted personally on their personal account and they had a relative give them a pretty cautionary response of maybe you should be more careful of what you say on social media platforms never mind that um, my client was on personal platforms that are private and locked down and all the things um you know, because it's going to reflect poorly on you as a business owner, it could put your business at risk. And despite the fact that this client has had conversations with me about advocacy and ethics and values and all of these things that we'll talk about today, it, that, that word of caution, that criticism made her pause and say, 
is this appropriate? And she came to me for advice, you know, is, is it appropriate for me to be talking about this? Um, does it, does it hurt business? Is this a risk? Do I need to be taking this seriously? And I really commend her for putting a lot of intention behind this. I think sometimes when we are really passionate about something, we are likely to act without thinking. And that's not what I'm advocating for here. So I decided that because I was getting these questions from a lot of dietitians, because my own clients were coming to me uh, with their own experiences of self-doubt and, and worrying that they weren't making the right decision, I wanted to do a full podcast episode on uh, when it's appropriate to advocate for a cause that you believe in, how is it appropriate, what are the risks involved, and how do you make a decision that's right for you as an individual? Now, I have to make a a disclaimer. I don't know if it's a big disclaimer. Um, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who follows me on Instagram. Um, I will be using my choice to speak out on abortion access as an example to contextualize how you can make these decisions for yourself, no matter what the issue at hand is. Now, let me be clear. I am pro-abortion. I am pro-choice. So is empowering dietitians. The point of this episode is not to persuade anyone or to change anyone's mind. I'm not going to be making arguments for or against anything. Um, I am simply explaining how I came to the decision to advocate for this issue specifically through my business, because I think it helps to have the context, um, to have something tangible that we can talk about, because a lot of advocacy can get a little abstract. So I, I wanna make that clear from the outset. Um, again, because this does tend to be a pretty hot button issue. So today, what we're going to be going through are the three different considerations that you need to take into account. And of course, what we talk about in this 30, 40 minute episode is going to be a big bird's eye view. Um, it's not going to be individual guidance. Um, it's not going to give you all of the answers. I hope that it gives you the right questions to start asking yourself so that you can begin to do the work to feel more confident in these areas. So the three considerations that we're going to be going over today are values, clientele, and the approach. Those are the three categories that we need to dive into in order to decide if, how, and when you want to bring advocacy on a particular issue into your professional life. So let's start with that first one, the values piece. Uh, this is one of the biggest ones. So some of the questions that you want to ask yourself when it comes to values is, what are your personal values? What causes do you believe strongly in? How about your professional values? Are they different from your personal ones? Now, if they differ, because you'll see when I'll share some of mine, um, my personal values are not identical to my professional values or my business values, because as a business owner, my professional values are my business values, um, but they are congruent. So we need, remember you're human. <laughs> you, you don't stop being a person when you put your dietitian hat on. So they should be complementary. They should be congruent, but they don't need to be identical. 
And again, if you work for yourself, your professional values are probably your business values. And I have done episodes specifically on business values and professional values in the past, which I will link in the show notes if you'd like to uh, listen further and you didn't catch those back when they aired. Now, if you don't work for yourself, we also need to ask, what are your company's values? What is their mission? What do they advocate for, right? So we have to understand values from their perspective as well. And how does this issue at hand relate to these different values? Where are the conflicts? Where are the overlaps? And honestly, that's what this all boils down to. This first piece is understanding all of the different values at play and how they relate to the issue that we're considering advocating about or speaking out about. And that's why values work is so important. It's why I do it with so many of the dietitians I supervise, if not all of them, almost all of them, uh, because they're a guide to everything that you do and every decision you make. And when you're really clear on what your values are as a person and as a dietitian, it makes making these decisions so much easier. It's why I didn't have to hesitate that much to speak out on this. It's how I could feel so confident in speaking out, even when it felt controversial to other people looking from the outside in. Okay. So let's take this situation that I did as an example. Okay. So my decision to speak out on abortion access take a look at my personal values. These aren't ones that I've shared in the past. Uh, so one of my values is how I show up to the world. And I show up to the world where I aim to show up to the world with humility, courage, integrity, and vulnerability. That means that I do the quote unquote right thing, the ethical thing, the thing that's right for me, even when it's scary or risky. It means that I act authentically and in alignment with my values, or I strive to whenever possible. And it means that my professional self cannot be a totally different person from my personal self, right? So that, that is what gave me the quote unquote courage to do this. Another part of my values is how I show up for myself. I show up for myself with self-respect freedom, self-expression, and creativity and well-being in mind. Freedom means bodily autonomy. Well-being means knowing that I have access to life-saving reproductive health care should I need it, especially knowing that I would love to be able to start a family within the next few years. And self-respect and self-expression involve fighting for my rights and what I believe in, right? So it's really important to me that I speak out in some capacity as a human being on this issue. And then another part of my values is the reminder that I serve a purpose bigger than myself. Yes, this issue impacts me as a cis woman of childbearing age, but it's not the, the reason that I'm advocating is not explicitly or solely because it impacts me. I act with my community, my family, and my future generations in mind, right? So my access to abortion is actually not being acutely threatened. 
uh, not in the same way others are. I live in a blue state. I live with a lot of privilege to be able to travel, travel and access healthcare. Um, but again, I'm not only advocating for myself. Not everyone in my family lives in a blue state. Not everyone in this country has the same privilege and access. And I hear us talking a lot about, you know, the handmaid's tale is coming true, but the handmaid's tale, that's been a reality for black and brown women in this country already. That's nothing new. So I'm speaking out because this affects others in my community far more than it affects me. And it's important that I keep that in mind too. And when we're talking about future generations, that means leading by example and showing future generations of dietitians and hopefully future generations of humans and women and people that our work and our lives, they're inherently political. Another thing we have to keep in mind with future generations is the language that Alito used in his draft opinion. If it does go through, it sets a dangerous precedent to strip away a lot of other rights moving forward not just for women, for all people. And so if we are only talking about the impact that this ruling will have on abortion access and people who may seek abortions in the future, we are thinking far too small and far too short-sighted. And I'm thinking about the future, the, our future generations, my kids, my grandkids, my cousins, my nieces, my nephews, and how this is going to impact us as a society. And I'm not going to stand around and let that happen for us or for the generations that will come after us. I'm not going to leave a mess for them to have to clean up. I'm going to do everything I can to either prevent a mess from happening or to do the work to clean it up so they don't have to. Now, at this point, with only considering my personal values, I could have decided to post about it on my personal accounts. Aside from the fact that I really want to lead by example for other generation, generations of dietitians, um, everything else is stuff that I could be advocating for in my, on my own time and not bring it into empowering dietitians, right? All of my uh, personal social media accounts are set to private. I could attend rallies, I could donate, I could speak out, I could have conversations on my own time and still be advocating and still be living in alignment with my values. So why did I speak out in addition to those things? Why did I choose to bring this into my business? And for that, we have to take a look at the business values that I have. Now, again, I've gone through my business values in a previous episode. Um, so I'm going to highlight the two parts of my business values that are particularly relevant to this issue at hand. The first is that I embrace power with dynamics rather than power over, prioritizing community, collaboration, trust, and humility. Intersectional feminism is at the heart of everything that I do professionally. It is a huge part of empowering dietitians and the approach that I take to supervision. I use feminist theory and intersectional feminist concepts regularly when I'm talking to other dietitians, right? And this overturning of Roe v. Wade, this potential overturning is power hoarding. So the fact that I'm here to challenge power over dynamics, that's domination and control, and get us more towards a collaborative space means that 
anything related to power hoarding that impacts us is going to be important to consider, right? This, the Roe v. Wade abortion access, this is not a conversation about when does life begin. That's a red herring in the argument. This is about controlling women and people who get pregnant. It's the last desperate grasps of a crumbling patriarchy, desperate to cling to its power, right? And patriarchy and white supremacy hold us as dietitians back. It's not just about the fact that a lot of dietitians are women, right? Um, it's the fact that patriarchy and white supremacy hold us as dietitians back in so many ways. And that's why I talk about them through empowering dietitians. So any manifestation of patriarchy and white supremacy is relevant to the work that I do. And importantly, the more that we can come together, the louder and more unified we can be in saying, we won't tolerate this, the more likely we are to see progress, right? Community is everything. If I keep this to myself, if I try to advocate on an island, I likely won't get very far. But if I can speak out and empower others to speak out and we can come together, that's where we start to see change. And so it's challenging this power over this individualism and ensuring that I am committing myself to collaboration uh, as much as possible. And on top of that, a second part of my values is that I commit myself and the business to ethics-driven, courageous contributions to the field of dietetics, making it stronger, more equitable, and more supportive. Again, this means advocacy, speaking out on patriarchy and white supremacy, and being quote-unquote brave and participating in uncomfortable conversations. And this means letting other RDs know that they have a safe space when they invest in empowering dietitians to have these hard conversations too. It's why my client knew that she could come to me and the other dietitians in the empowering dietitians community about this issue when she wasn't sure how to proceed. Because we had already talked about ethical identity, because we had already talked about confident advocacy. These weren't taboo con concepts. And because she knew that it would help her come to a decision that felt right to her, right? So it's important for me to speak out on a good number of issues because it creates a safe space for you to process them and make your own decisions too. But you might not have your own business. Right? So you might say like, this is great. My personal values make me want to speak out on an issue. My professional values seemed aligned, but I don't work for myself. I have to answer to someone else and I get it. What if I had still worked, been working for the supermarket, which is where I worked before I went full-time in empowering dietitians, right? You can't always advocate the way that you want when you represent someone else's business. I remember back in June, 2020, with the murder of George Floyd and all of the protests that came up and all of the conversations that started to be happening. And there was the week where no one posted on social media um, that it was meant to, we had the hashtag amplify melanated voices. Uh, white creators were taking a step back and listening and uh, boosting the content of uh, black, creators. And I was in charge of my social media page for the, for the store, 
that was part of my job. I was the social media liaison. And I felt very uncomfortable with my content that I had pre-recorded going out. Now I knew that it wasn't my place to shut down all of our Facebook page content for the entire store. But I did at the time think that it would be a good idea to tell the actual social media managers who I was the liaison to um, that I didn't want any of my own content going out. And that did not go over that well. Uh, when my boss, when the uh, my manager, the owner of the store found out, I essentially got slapped on the wrist for making that decision. And honestly, they were right. It wasn't my decision to make. It wasn't my own business. Um, I was representing them and I don't get to make calls that big. Now, ultimately, it wasn't that big of a deal. The company did go on to make the same decision that I had wanted to a day or two later. And it's a pretty easy decision to undo. It's not like I said that I wanted to make a statement um, or do anything really active. I simply just said, I don't want my content airing so they could push it out after my boss informed me that that was not gonna happen. <laughs> Right. Um, and they recognized that this was something that I was passionate about. And that opened up a conversation to involve me in other ways. So, again, I overstepped my boundaries a little bit because I got carried away with my own personal and professional values. And I didn't stop to consider the values. And I didn't, what I could have done in that situation was say, hey, this is something I feel really passionate about. This is what's going on in the social media space. A lot of businesses, a lot of accounts are, are going dark for the week. And I would love to have a conversation on whether that would be appropriate for us because I think it's a good idea, right? I could have advocated um, without calling the shots and that probably would have gone over better. So you have to know your company's values and their advocacy policies. You have to know your relationship with your higher-ups too. Um, I was fortunate that I had a superior who recognized that although they didn't like the decision that I made, that I was acting authentically and with integrity and they respected that. Um, and so it opened up the door for a larger conversation, but you have to know that. Right. And this is really trickier to work through and and something that supervision can be really helpful with. There's no blanket recommendation for what to do when you're not your own boss. And I do work with a lot of dietitians who are starting up their own businesses. But honestly, I also work with a lot who work for other people. It's probably about 50 50. Because working for someone else, when you don't have the final say, can at times be way more stressful and it's harder to find fulfillment and alignment. So having a space where you can really grapple with this and, and get some individualized feedback can be very helpful. But no matter what, whether you take time on your own to reflect on this, the values piece is going to be the first thing that you have to consider. Now, that can't be it though, because remember, your job, whether you own your own business or not, is not just about your values. Yes, it has to be rooted in values, but it's also about the people you serve. So when we think about your clientele, I honestly think that this might even be more important than the values piece. Um, and I hesitate to say that because I think values are kind of 
paramount. Um, but really, we have to ask ourselves questions here, like, what population do you serve? How does this issue impact them? And how would your speaking out impact them? You also have to consider what level of risk are you assuming by speaking out? Because remember, your business is about being authentic to yourself and it's also ultimately about serving someone else, helping someone else, meeting their needs. So it's not only about what feels right to you, it's understanding how your decisions will impact your audience, your clients, your patients, et cetera. So again, let's take this example of how I looked at this issue of speaking out on abortion access and looked at the population that I serve as a supervisor and decided, right? First thing that we have to acknowledge is that abortion access is absolutely relevant to the work that I do and to the dietitians I serve. And it may not seem like it is right off the bat. First, I think most superficially, most dietitians are cis women. 100% of the dietitians that I've worked with as clients, that I've had as clients, have been cis women. That means that this issue impacts them personally. And no matter how they feel about it, and no matter or whether or not they decide to speak out on it publicly, this draft leak is likely impacting them as humans. And if I'm going to show up for them and support them, this is likely going to be on their minds. Another consideration is most of my clients are from the US, not all of them, most of them. And global politics are unfortunately heavily influenced by US politics. So this does also potentially impact my international dietitian clients. On top of that, most of my clients are in some way non-diet aligned. They don't like diet culture or they're super frustrated by how diet culture influences what they as dietitians are expected to look like. And I'm here to make a very bold statement. You cannot in one breath talk about hating diet culture because it's an oppressive tool of the patriarchy to suppress and subvert women or people in general, but especially women, and then argue that the Supreme Court overturning Roe is any different. Diet culture and legislation that controls women's bodies are both subsets. They're both under the patriarchy umbrella. And on top of that, basically all of the dietitians I know are frustrated by poor compensation in the field, which is in part a result of patriarchy undervaluing female-dominated careers, which again is another manifestation of a patriarchal society of suppressing and subverting women, preventing us from accumulating and having power and autonomy. By the way, some other things that you likely struggle with as a dietitian that are impartial, partially, do I know what I'm saying? Partially a result of patriarchy? imposter feelings, burnout. So yeah, this issue impacts us as dietitians and the ramifications and implications of this issue impact us as dietitians. On top of that, abortion access is also going to impact the communities that you serve, especially if you work in the community setting or with lower income populations. 
forced birth keeps people in poverty, which impacts access to food, which impacts overall well-being, physically, emotionally, and mentally. This is, of course, the whole point. That's what forced birth advocates want deep down. It's power hoarding, like I said. So again, yes, you better believe that forcing people to carry out unwanted pregnancies or pregnancies that are wanted but put their own lives at risk in so many different ways, that's going to impact their nutritional status as well as the nutritional status of their families. And that means that it's going to impact the work that you do as a dietitian. So I knew that this impacts my potential clients. And I also know that it probably doesn't seem on the surface like it does. So by my speaking out and showing how it's related, it can help. Now, the last point of this is what kind of risk am I assuming once I know the clients who I serve? And the answer is basically zero risk. It wasn't actually that brave of a decision for me to make. Here's the thing, I'm not here to serve 100% of dietitians on this planet. I will not be the right fit for everyone. The work that I do is inherently feminist, inherently intersectional, inherently social justice oriented. If my posting about a social justice issue like abortion access bothers a dietitian to the point that they unfollow me, stop listening to my podcast, or don't wanna work with me, then they probably wouldn't have liked my approach to helping them anyway. I speak out on these issues in part because I need you to know what you're signing up for when you invest in my supervision. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with me on everything. My clients don't agree with me on everything. And it doesn't mean that you have to be 100% on board with the idea of like getting political in your work. A lot of the dietitians I work with and support and supervise are nervous about this, feel uncomfortable, have doubts, aren't really sure how they want to bring their political views into their professional lives. So none of that is a prerequisite. What is a prerequisite is being open to listening and learning and being willing to get uncomfortable and at the very least explore topics like privilege and ethics and bias. I don't want anyone who invests in working with me to be blindsided by feminist theory, by uh, me asking them to take a look at systemic oppression and how it impacts us as dietitians, right? None of that should be a surprise. That doesn't mean it's easy or comfortable right? doesn't mean that I necessarily throw you into the deep end. It means that you're not shocked that we're having these conversations. So by me talking about this on my podcast, on my Instagram account, in my live workshops that I do several times a year, it helps the right dietitians find their way to me. And by the right dietitians, I mean the dietitians who are going to appreciate and, and value my approach. And if there are dietitians out there who don't want that approach, I'm sure that there are other supervisors or other coaches out there that may take a different one, right? It's part of this abundance mindset. I don't need to please everyone, right? So as we wrap up today, the last thing that we have to talk about is once you, you take a look at your values, all the different values at play, you understand uh, 
your clientele, your community, and you decide, yes, I want to speak out. It, it's right. It's aligned. I get it. How? What about the details? How do you choose what to share, how to share it, what approach to take? Because I can guarantee you that the way that I talked about this issue on my personal versus my professional platforms, they were different. They weren't completely different. They were similar, uh, but they were different, right? Because they were serving different purposes. So again, you have to make it about your client, your patients, your community. My personal platform is more likely to be my agenda. My professional platform is more, how can I make this relevant to you, right? So this isn't just you spouting what you believe in. You're trying to support them any way that you can. That's what this is about. So again, let's contextualize this with my example. How did I post about this? My first post that went up was a uh, Twitter type post. I mean, it was on Instagram, um, but it was a tweet. And it was all about taking a stand and offering support to those who are also pro-abortion or pro-choice. It was me understanding that a dietitian who is passionate about this is probably feeling a lot of conflict. They're probably feeling a lot of emotions. Um, when I polled uh, my, in my stories how different dietitians were feeling, they were feeling infuriated, they were feeling uh, overwhelmed, exhausted, afraid, right? All of these things. So it's understanding that dietitians are experiencing a lot of emotions and I needed to offer them support and validate what they were experiencing. So that was me saying, if you are having a hard time focusing this week, if you are feeling all the feels this week, here are a few things that you can do and keep in mind, right? So it was me saying, trying to empathize, trying to say, I, I know, I get it. And here's what you can do. You don't have to push through like nothing is happening behind the scenes. My second post talked about how abortion access relates to us as dietitians. Again, to uh, open up the conversation because I wasn't seeing a lot of dietitians taking a stand. And um, it seemed like there wasn't as clear of a connection between something like abortion access and, and why it was relevant to us as dietitians and why it was relevant to a lot of the populations that we work with. So I did that to start the conversation. And then subsequent posts have been about pushing past the fear of like getting it wrong that prevents us from speaking out and taking action. In my LinkedIn bio, I provided resources for other dietitians to take action, to advocate in case they were feeling a little lost and helpless. And now this, creating an entire podcast episode specifically dedicated to helping you figure out how and when to speak out on issues that you care about. Right? So it's taking this issue that I care deeply about and making sure that it's supporting you as it relates to you. How can I help you navigate this situation? How can I empower you to feel confident? Right. So that's how I made my decision. But again, there's no, 
there's no right way to advocate. You have to know yourself, you have to know your job, and you have to know who you serve intimately. If you want to understand the risks at play, the approach that you should take or could take, and opportunities that you have for, for speaking out and taking action and aligning your work with your values. And again, if you're still feeling unsure, I get it. This is why I do what I do. It's not supposed to be something that you can easily figure out completely after a 30 or 40 minute podcast episode. It's why I help dietitians define their personal and their professional values, right? It's why we have long conversations about this and do lots of different hands-on activities. It's why I teach dietitians about advocacy and ethics and assertive communication because a lot of us weren't taught about this when we were going through school. I think it's starting to be a bigger conversation now in some programs, but it's still not enough. And it's why I offer individualized supporting guidance to empower you to make the decisions that are right for you. Because ultimately, yes, I hope that my giving my example helps you understand the thought process that I took. The decisions that are right for my business, my work, my career, they don't have to be what's right for yours. The, my job is not to make you a carbon copy of me or to say that, oh, do it this way because it worked for me. So therefore it's going to work for you. No, my job is to get you really clear on what's important to you, what's important to the people you serve and what your limitations are, what you're up against so that you can stop worrying about doing it like every other dietitian and start making decisions that are right for you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. If you enjoy these episodes, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with your dietitian friends. And if you listen on Apple Music, leave a rating and review. This helps the podcast reach more dietitians so that we can really create a collective of dietitians who feel confident and connected both to their work and each other. You are not alone. And as always, if you're looking for that extra level of support, check out my Empowering Dietitians Supervision Services at www.empoweringdietitians.com individual dash supervision. That's www.empoweringdietitians.com slash individual dash supervision.